0: Hello and welcome to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Don Hibbert,
1: And I'm Courtney Bronze.
0: And each week we bring you conservation topics and events from around the endless mountains. Well, when it comes to conservation of our natural resources, truth be told, it's a balancing act. And what I mean by that is we all need to look at the bigger picture before we create new laws, I think. And before we take some sort of physical action in nature... Uh, from stream restoration to hunting and trapping to controlled burns and reforestation you know, we need to look at how things function before man intervened. With that being said we want to focus on two mammals today that provide a great example of how man's actions reduce species populations and how man realized the consequences of those actions and how we are now reintroducing these species into their former habitat. So let's start off talking about the river otter.
1: So the story of the river otter in North America is probably one of the greatest wildlife success stories to date. Back in the early 1900s, river otters were found in every major watershed of the state. But by the mid 1900s, habitat destruction, water pollution, and unregulated harvest had removed the species from much of its range. So otters were never completely extirpated from Pennsylvania, but their numbers were greatly reduced. And in 1982, a restoration effort launched and led to the return of the river otter in much of the state. From 82 to 2004, the PA River Otter Reintroduction Project released 153 otters into eight water systems in central and western Pennsylvania. These otters came from several states, um, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, New Hampshire, and New Jersey. And Pennsylvania was one of the 21 states during this time to reintroduce more than 4,000 otters.
0: Prior to the start of limited trapping season back in 2016, um, incidental catch reported by trappers pursuing other fur bears like beavers, uh, was one of their gauges of the otter population in the state. So that's pretty interesting. Um, didn't really have the, maybe the biologist numbers to get out there and to kind of see what the numbers were. So that's how they gauged it. Game Commission monitors noticed an increasing trend right here in northeastern Pennsylvania. Currently, otter populations occupy all major river systems in the state, and that includes the Delaware, the Susquehanna, the Allegheny and the Yokogane River support sustained otter populations and act as a travel corridor for new populations to disperse and expand. Otters, as it turns out, are very curious and playful. Uh, They're often found sliding around ice and snow and shooting down muddy banks. I've seen that before into streams, rivers, playing with the food, and even wrestling each other. Otters obtain most of their food, as it turns out, from the water. Uh, They like to eat minnows, sunfish, suckers are another one they like to eat, carp, trout. Uh, Those are their favorites, anyway. They also like to eat frogs, turtles, uh, snails, mussels, crayfish, and the list goes on. They even get a few plants in their diet. Otters have incredible eyesight below the water. They also have a keen sense of smell, as it turns out, and a set of long, sensitive whiskers to serve as sense organs. This comes into play when they're searching for food in the murky or turbid waters.
1: Lucky for the otters, predation's not common for them because few predators can catch an otter. So, otters are generally too swift and agile to be caught in the water, but they're also able fighters if they're cornered on land. They have tremendous strength, um, great reflexes and endurance, and sturdy teeth and powerful muscles. When it comes to food, otters don't store food for winter, nor do they hibernate. So if lakes or rivers are frozen, they'll swim under the ice to find their food, and they breathe on the surface of open water, or in their dens, or from air pockets against the underside of the ice. So Otters are typically more sedentary in winter than in summer, especially during the extreme cold spells. Me too. (laughs) Lack of food supply in the winter might even force individuals to cover as much as 50 miles of stream over the season, which when you think about it, that's a lot of water.
0: Yeah, it is. Well, it turns out otters are also fast and graceful swimmers, and they can travel underwater for at least a quarter mile, which is pretty surprising. And they don't have to come up for air. Um, they can also dive 35 to 50 feet and they stay submerged for up to four minutes. And you might wonder how this is possible. So, while underwater, valve like structures seal the otter's ears and nose. And as pulse rate drops, which slows the blood and oxygen circulation. They end up sleeping in their dens on the edges of lakes and rivers and streams. And these dens could be excavations under tree roots or even rock piles, abandoned beaver dams so they come in handy as well, or even muskrat burrows. Typical den has an underwater entrance hole, a living space above water, maybe their living room, and several air or exit entry holes on dry ground. As it stands today, river otters are present in almost every county and even in many areas they're now becoming as common as beavers.
1: So the next species we want to cover is the Fisher. The Fisher is also known by several other names such as the Black Cat, Fisher Cat, Tree Otter, Tree Fox, and Weejack. And they were distributed across most of Pennsylvania except the southeastern corner prior to the deforestation of most of the state in the 19th century. so The last known fishers in Pennsylvania were found in Clearfield, Elk, Cameron, Clinton, Potter, and Sullivan counties. And historic reports from fur dealers and shippers suggest that prior to fisher extirpation, relatively few fisher pelts were traded. So, due to the secretive nature of the fisher and the scarcity of records and accounts during the 19th century, it's really hard to tell exactly when the fisher was extirpated from the state.
0: Let's stop there for a second and talk about extirpation, because it's um, it's a word you don't hear too much, and it just simply means they're gone. They're no longer there, so there's no trace of them anymore, Um, no population, no breeding population
1: but it doesn't mean they're extinct. Correct. It just means that they're not found in that region anymore. So in 1969, a reintroduction program for the fisher was launched in West Virginia, and this reestablished population gradually spread throughout West Virginia up into Maryland, Virginia, and southwestern Pennsylvania. The New York reintroduction effort moved 30 fishers from the Adirondacks into the Catskills, and that population eventually expanded into northeastern PA. And during 1994 to 1998, through a joint project between the Pennsylvania Game Commission, the Pennsylvania State University, and the Department of Conservation and Natural Resources, 190 fishers were reintroduced in six sites in northern Pennsylvania. So today, fisher populations are well-established and increasing throughout much of the state.
0: So where do they live? So it turns out fishers tend to occupy forests uh, primarily with abundant downed woody debris. So that's the the older forests is what they like. Um, They like the structures on the forest floor. They're good climbers. They typically avoid areas lacking overhead cover. But the degree to which the fisher will tolerate forest fragmentation and human encroachment has not been well studied. Despite their name, fishers rarely consume fish, um, or any other aquatic organisms for that matter. Fishers are renowned for their ability to prey on porcupines. We'll stop there for a second and we'll talk about that. Um, probably in the last 20 years, I think I've seen a lot more porcupines than I've ever seen. Um, and I think that can be said for people across the spectrum in this region. But I noticed the population going down. And that's thanks to the fisher reintroduction. So it's pretty cool uh, because there's really no real predators around here for porcupines. Uh, At least there didn't used to be. Now there is.
1: Yeah, fishers are unique in the way that they can catch porcupines and somehow manage to eat them without getting any quills on them. It takes some skill.
0: So besides porcupines, they also eat small mammals, reptiles, insects, fruits, and a mushroom now and again. When they consume fruits of shrubs and trees during the summer, they serve as mammalian seed dispersers in forest ecosystems. As populations have increased, the Game Commission has adopted a scientifically based, highly conservative management plan to ensure that the fisher will remain an important forest carnivore in Pennsylvania forests.
1: Well, I think those are two really awesome success stories for Pennsylvania and really good examples of successful wildlife management in general.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Do we have some events today?
1: We do. So Salt Springs State Park has a lot of events coming up. Um, Sunday, March 1st, which is this coming Sunday at 1pm, it'll be first day hike revisited again. So it's a good chance to come out of hibernation and start the month off with an invigorating hike. Um, Salt Springs will provide snowshoes and poles if necessary, just wear your winter boots, and they welcome all hiking levels. The fee is $5 or $15 for a family, and it's free for members. And then on Saturday, March 7th at 6.30, they're also hosting a full moon hike. It's a chance to get out and explore the park by the light of the moon. They ask that you bring a snack to share around a campfire afterwards, a flashlight, and an adventurous spirit, and dress for the weather. Um, Fee is $5.15 per family and free for members.
0: So you got a really cool event coming up on Saturday, March 21st at 1 p.m hellbenders and other salamanders and I don't know if you remember but we talked about hellbenders on this show before you can check out that podcast on our website but uh they're covering the eastern hellbender and other salamanders Uh, so the eastern hellbender is the largest salamander in the United States Devin Welch will present his volunteer work on the hellbenders and will incorporate general information on many of the other local salamander species including their identification and lifespans. live species will be on hand so you can check them out and the presentation will be followed by a salamander hunt and the vernal pool search for eggs we also talked about vernal pools on the show before um, so the fee for that one is $5 members and kids are free so bring your kids out, they're free to that event Uh, The last event we'll talk about today is Sunday, March 22nd at 1 p.m. It's a tree pruning class. And you know, March is the perfect time to prune your fruit trees. Uh, So they focus on several different species. Retired forester Jim Kessler will be there to discuss and demonstrate the why, the where, the how, the what, and when to cut. Bring your questions. The tree discussion is interactive. Jim's very knowledgeable about trees, so you get all your questions answered, I'm sure, at that event. Uh, the fee for that event is $10 and members are
1: $5. Did you know the Susquehanna County Conservation District is on Facebook and Instagram? You can find our social media links right at the top of our website's homepage. If you have questions related to today's show, you can contact the Conservation District by calling 570 570- 782 If you missed a portion of today's show, you can go to our website, www.suscondistrict.org, and find our Conservation Corner page with past episodes, links to information about past episodes, and a contact form where you can reach out and ask questions or make comments about the show. You can even suggest ideas for future shows.
0: Just want to remind everybody as well, that we have a seedling sale going on right now. Uh, It's advertised in Mulligan's Shopping Guide just this week, but we do have it on our website as well. We also have a contractor and loggers workshop coming up and that'll be March 25th. Um, You can find details on our website. You can register there. Anybody who does earth moving or takes care of um, dirt and gravel roads, Uh, municipality workers, bloggers, contractors, uh, anybody who's interested in learning more about conservation practices, I would encourage to sign up and attend.
1: you've been listening to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Courtney Bronze,
0: and I'm Don Hibbert saying, enjoy the outdoors.